0: Okay, I think we're good Sweet Alright So this is for Clement Otis Alright So a big shout out To our major sponsors Of the podcast Indo Soul. Uh, if you're in the USA Or Singapore The weather is You know Getting warmer It's going into summer So it's time to get Your pair of Indo-Souls. Um, Use code THT At checkout And you'll get A 15% discount And um, you know They're supporting Conscious fashion Conscious consumerism By turning Old motor vehicle tyres into footwear, and they look sick. Also, as always, Kingpin Skate Supply, uh, another sponsor of the show, love those guys, they're my friends, and they've just got the raddest range of shoes, skateboard, decks, hardware, apparel, so go to kingpinstore.com, that's K-I-N-G-P-I-N-S-T-O-R-E.com, and at checkout, use the promo code THT, You'll get a 15% discount, and um, they do fast shipping worldwide. And free shipping for orders over 25 bucks within Australia. And lastly, um, shout out to crushorganics.com. Crush Organics are the purveyors of the best CBD oils and topicals done so much for me, especially like post-workout and recovery, reduces inflammation, and it's really helped me with my sleep and actually reducing feelings of anxiety as well. Um, There's no THC in these products. They are derived from cannabis, but there's no psychoactive ingredient. So if you go to crushorganics.com, that's K-R-U-S-H-O-R-G-I-A-N. N-I-C-S dot com Use promo code THT At checkout and you'll get that Huge 40% off, it's an awesome discount Let's go Terrible happy talks, terrible happy Talks Three, two, one Alright, do this Today's guest is Michael Muzzy Graham. How are you, Muzzy? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Muzzy is the founder of Key Supply Co. and Key Canteen. He's an entrepreneur, fashion designer, and frothing mountain bike rider just to mention a few things that the guy does and this week muzzy is with me live and in person at key collective his space that is created virtually from nothing because it was sort of a rundown space here wasn't it
1: yeah definitely yeah a lot of hard work went into it and yeah
0: and now it's like a hub of
1: that's it yeah it's um all come together and 10 years on it's um yeah it's a dream it's like fashion and food yeah exactly yeah like just a little bit of a collective so yeah a bit of food um a bit of streetwear stuff and yeah good See, to hang out
0: yeah man so he's with me in the in key collective to share his journey experiences challenges and hopes for the future mr michael graham welcome let's go dude it's so weird calling you michael
1: it is yeah i probably get that when i'm in trouble normally so it's
0: who do you get in trouble
1: of? I'm not in trouble that much anymore.
0: (laughs) So tell us, like, how did you get the nickname Muzzy?
1: Uh, Funnily enough, an old footy coach um, playing footy for Milton Ulladulla Bulldogs back in the day. And um, I guess it wasn't that memorable. And, um, yeah, the name Muzzy just stuck like dog shit. (laughs) Yeah, It's
0: so crazy how a nickname just does that.
1: It, It is. It's true. And, like, yeah, I pretty much... Introduce myself as Muzzy now because it's sort of that thing even on my email signature If i'm emailing someone it's they're probably like who's michael graham like So muzzy for everything now
0: Muzzy, It it does work like I mean like I said, I struggled to call you michael It's like i've only really known you as muzzy.
1: That's it. Yeah,
0: so let's let's hear a little bit about you and what you do um, just give us a bit of background about How many things you have going on? so we mentioned that you've got the the clothing store? Yep. Right next to the restaurant? That's right, yeah. And what else have you got going on?
1: Yeah, so a few other little projects. Um, so I've, I'm partners in a, a bike shop um, specialising in mountain bikes because that's what I'm into, obviously. Um, and then another mountain bike-related um, project, which is a apparel label. So basically it's um, a bit of ride wear and a bit of casual wear, um, and that's called Huck the World. And, um, yeah, that's sort of in its infancy but yeah it's doing pretty well and having a heap of fun with it so yeah
0: yeah what do you love about mountain bike riding
1: um yeah it just takes you to another place and everything else doesn't matter it sounds a bit cliche but that's how it works you just yeah in the bush and yeah go to some pretty cool places and um get an adrenaline rush up and yeah it's, and it's just heaps of community and yeah, it's just one of those sports that I started and just was like, this is for me, and got pretty deep in
0: it. Nice, man. Yeah. Because, like, you grew up on the southeast coast of Australia, New South Wales, which is, and the area specifically, Aladalla is very much a heavy and awesome surf zone. So was surfing ever part of your story or not really?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up surfing, and I probably, like, was super keen and surfed till I was about you know probably a couple of years ago and i basically shelved the boards when i fully got hooked on riding and um yeah so it's just been like that it's just one of those things i picked up and i can't put down (laughs)
0: yeah are you one of those people who've got like a like i just can't get over how expensive mountain bikes are how how many what did you rock in there like tell me
1: yeah, I've got a, I've got two bikes, so one being just a regular pedal bike. It's a sort of do-all bike. Um, and then um, the other bike is the e-bike, which is a new thing.
0: A bit of mountain bike e-bike. That's
1: right, yeah. So you can still get rough with it. Exactly. It's pedal-assisted, so it just takes the edge off the, the uphills and then going downhills just as fun. So it just opens up a
0: whole new realm. Let's and just Change the game. Exactly, yeah. There's not like mountain bike purists out there that would say that's cheating, is there? Oh there's heaps. Yep, (laughs) yep.
1: For sure. I I, probably a couple of years ago I would have said it's cheating and until you do it. It's and it's like that thing. Most riders, if you ask them, would you happily put a chairlift at your local ride zone? And they'd say, Yeah, well it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Have you been to, like, do you go down to the Australian Alps, like, in New South Wales, like, places like Threadbow and Perisher and, in summer?
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I do quite a few trips to Threadbow. I uh, get down to Bright pretty regularly, which is just over the border in Vico. That's epic down there. And I've also done a few trips to Tassie and a trip to Queenstown, which is sick. So, no. I'd like to do a heap more, but, yeah, that's sort of...
0: So, because it's your interest area, you just went, okay, hang on, I'm going to turn my interest into, you know, like something that, you know, like a business idea.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, I just thought, it's one of those things, you'd, you do it enough and you're like, oh, how can I make this work, you know, and be a viable income and have fun at the same time and, yeah, it sort of come together, I guess, just passion projects, really. Uh, I mean, is it fun? heaps of fun yeah
0: when you're designing something does it feel like work or fun more
1: often than not fun like yeah there's definitely a you know i'm sort of a one man or almost a one man band for the for the huck the world brand and um there's definitely parts of it that are um like tedious and not as fun like production and backwards and forwards with you know sampling and all that sort of stuff but for most part you know the design and Putting a range together is fun, and you get to see the finished product and and wear the finished product, and that's pretty and and probably even more so see others wear it, and yeah. you know you'll be you know say a thread bow or something you got to see some random rocking your kit, and you're just like sick like that's that's what it's all Good about feeling, eh? Yeah, totally.
0: So I've noticed so a bit of background history between you and I. Like I met you probably oh man, it's probably like ten or fifteen years ago. We were living in the same building. And I remember when you were selling T-shirt designs just from your unit.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's how it all started. (laughs) Yeah, funny you say that because, yeah, literally it was that thing of if I'm selling enough T-shirts out of my unit, I get a a space, surely I can sell a few more and that's, you know, living in an income maybe eventually and that's sort of how it's panned out.
0: No way. Like, and I noticed that you do all, for your own labels like Huck the World and you've got the key brand um apparel as well like where do you do you have a background in design like especially like logo design or graphic design or anything like that
1: not at all no it's always just been a passion um I've always been into visual arts at school you know I've enjoyed that subject um and just always had a bit of fun with Posca pens and just threw a few things together and um had a bit of fun with it ever since i was a kid i was always just doodling so i guess it comes from there
0: yeah because like your designs have definitely got their own flavor now like i can see it and go oh like that's a muzzy design really
1: yeah yeah i keep it pretty simple like I, i don't have much patience so yeah all my designs are all about simplicity and yeah nothing nothing too detailed for me
0: yeah like now you've been doing it for years and years like are you starting to clue in like what designs are going to actually be a hit and sell and what what don't like there's a formula yeah totally
1: and i think you become a bit more professional over time and you actually you might have this design that you love but you got to remember that it's you know you're only one person and that if not you know if everyone else won't be frothing on it as much it's maybe like just shelf that one and move on to something new um so yeah definitely
0: like trial and error
1: trial and error for sure
0: because it's scary like because i think you put yourself out there as well you know you're actually making yourself vulnerable going like this is i designed this and you're putting your name on it effectively do you ever suffer from any like fear of you know criticism or ridicule yeah
1: definitely like yeah you got to be careful what you put on it and like even today i was thinking of a design and i was like oh maybe that's a bit risque like you know, throwing those that slogan on the end of it, um, and yeah, what you, was the slogan? Uh, See you next Tuesday, which can also be read as I get the acronym. Yeah, but you know, I'm selling stuff to a wide demographic, so for me that's fun, but maybe not for. A, you know, mum buying for a kid.
0: I like it, though, because it's it's freedom of speech, bro.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah.
0: People don't have to buy it.
1: No, No, exactly, yeah, yeah. I think you just got to sail between the lines to a degree, like, and try and keep it, you know, do your thing, but try and keep most people happy. And, And even the name Huck the World sort of, Will raise a few eyebrows. I know there's a few schools around the Illawarra that where the kids aren't allowed to wear the socks and that sort of thing. Yeah, see,
0: that's a win in my in my opinion.
1: Totally, (laughs) we got we got to mention at assembly, so it's like really, yeah. So it's like that's a bit of free promo, isn't it?
0: Well, I guess. I mean, is any any promo is good promo? Is that right?
1: That's right. I think does that that actually work
0: though? I think for
1: most part, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. There's some truth in that. Are you are you a bit a little
0: bit like anti-authority?
1: Um, I, I guess I wasn't the best student, so, um, I wouldn't say any authority though. Again, I just try and sail between the lines.
0: There's something about you, like I can see how you sail between the lines, like you're sort of like hard to get angry at.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely make people angry. Don't worry about that.
0: (laughs) But yeah, I guess huck the world, fuck the world. Like, I, there's a brand, there's a surf brand called FTW.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, nothing's sacred these days, really. It's really
0: not. No. And I think consumers have the right to choose, but it's also a form of self-expression. Like, do you find if someone's wearing a T-shirt, it's like they're trying to also represent who they are as a person, right?
1: Oh, fully. Like identity. Yeah, exactly, yeah. T-shirts and hats are, like, all about, you know, that's your identity right there.
0: It's, it's an interesting one because, like, I work as a high school teacher, and I remember when I was at high school, I, like, teachers would always tell me to take my hat off in class. And I'm going to be straight, like... I still don't understand why you need to take your hat off inside. Yeah, totally.
1: It's it's a respect thing, right? I think it's an old school thing, a bit of tradition, but I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, dated.
0: But what I've learned is like for a teenager, their hat, especially a teenage boy, is just it's representative of their identity. It means so much to them. Yeah, fully. So I, I mean, I'm pro- I might get in trouble for saying this, but I, I, let, I let the kids wear their hats inside. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, because I mean, it's nitpicking, like picking on what people are wearing. You know, it's like when you go to a club and you're not dressed right for, their, for what they think's dressed well and yeah. you, they won't let you in. It's sort of the same thing. It's just crap.
0: Dude, I went underdressed to a wedding the other week. It's oh, a worse, no. It's feeling
1: yeah feeling. i know as long as there's someone worse dressed than you at a wedding it you, wasn't sweet I was if, the worst if you're the worst there's nothing you can do i
0: was wearing like black jeans i thought they were dressy but they were like faded black and it, just a shirt no tie no jacket and then some like um desert boots and everyone else was wearing like tuxedos
1: that's all right i think most for most part people are overdressed at weddings I fully don't rate the tuxedo and suit look I'm say, I say
0: like Keep it cash Keep it cash And then like As the night progresses Everyone's just taking all their shit off anyway Exactly S- Sleeves rolled up Girls have got their stilettos off
1: Yep, yep Everyone's sweaty and uncomfy And you're just cruising Yeah The yep. fake
0: tans fading As they're sweating yep. on the dance floor Fully Yep <laughs> <laughs> Yeah like I want to I go a little bit more into like The psychology of being a businessman So i know that you hang your balls out to dry in the early days so is that what it was like for you when you decided to step it up and open up a space yeah
1: definitely like i did it low key as in i didn't invest a whole heap of money into it but at the same time if it if it fell on its head like i would have been stuck with stock and trying to find a job so yeah like totally it was um yeah you just put it all on the line and it's that sort of thing, though. If you've got an idea and you're passionate enough about it, you're just like, I'm going to keep doing it until it works, and it and it works.
0: Well, when was the idea originally born that you wanted to start, you know, in the fashion industry and designing T-shirts? How did it all come about?
1: Yeah, so that one came about you know, probably 15 years ago. I sort of started up just a little side hustle project. Um, again, just like a passion project outside of my work hours. And um, it was just making some tees and printed tees and like more of a like sort of surf style label called negative threads actually like i remember it yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) so through that like again like i just started having fun with it and throwing a few designs together and just you know gained a bit of momentum and then um from there yeah just sort of grew into this little thing where i was like oh yeah this could actually be something and and from there we just sort of you know that the journey started
0: yeah right when, when was the last time you actually worked a like a real job
1: yeah real job was probably yeah actually it was probably about 12 years ago i reckon like yeah. um yeah it would have been yeah maybe a little bit 12 to 13 years ago
0: right wow
1: and um yes. yeah, so I was Working as a plumber, um, <laughs> plumber by trade, actually, yeah. And um,
0: see, I can't imagine you as a plumber.
1: <laughs> I wasn't a good one. <laughs>
0: Why like water leaks everywhere?
1: Oh man, yeah. I was always just thinking about drawing and design and other things, but no, I, I went you know, it served me pretty well, but it was something that I just never wanted to pursue as you know, I never saw myself doing it forever, I guess.
0: Yeah. On a side note, if you can hear some background noise, that is heavy rain. Yeah, it's coming and down. We're in the middle and this is I guess history in the making, like, just to have it on record that we're on the back end of non-stop rain for how many weeks?
1: Oh, man.
0: Two, been, three weeks?
1: Yeah, it'd be like three now, I reckon. And, you know, if you, there's maybe a, f- a day or two through January that were sort of dry ish. And then, yeah, it's been a horrible couple of months, eh?
0: Yeah, and we've got flooding. Like, even where we are now, like this, um, you know, horrendous flooding up in the north coast of New South Wales around Lismore. I mean, sending love to those people. Uh, who've been affected that's just terrible um but even in our local area i've seen like little flooding spots i never knew could flood have you noticed that
1: yeah totally like even just driving to work you're like wow and you know and you don't see it so often like when you're in bali and stuff it's just like you get the rain there and everything overflows and but for it to happen here, you know, it's like, yeah,
0: next level. Uh, I don't think we've seen it. What's no. it going to do to the your bike tracks up in the
1: mountains? Man, they'll be cooked, eh? the, the rain They don't fare so well with all the heavy rain, just like, obviously, it's erosion, trees down. So, yeah, yeah it'll be a busy few weeks for the trail fairies putting it all the back tra- together, eh?
0: Are you a trail fairy?
1: Oh, well, when I've got time, I like to do my bit, but, you know, the it's sort tra- of, yeah, it's, it's a fun outlet, but and and like an art form but um yeah something I probably haven't done too much of in the last sort of six months just with yeah too much going on
0: yeah like what are you building as a trail ferry just like you get the shovel out and you're building kickers or are you actually constructing because I know mountain bike riders construct wooden structures I don't know the names of things but
1: yeah that sort of stuff yeah there's a whole bunch of different sort of ways to build like there's all that stuff you just said um I like building the sort of natural t- stuff, which is yeah, the former riding I do is sort of more called enduro. Okay. So it's sort of a you know combination of downhill and a bit of pedalling as well, um, and yeah, it's it's all about finding natural features. Yeah,
0: and then just like expanding on
1: them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so much like skateboarders, man. It is. It fully is. Yeah. It's um. It's I guess probably the closest sport I sort of see it to is like backcountry snowboarding. Yeah you are not trying to find the groom lines, you know. All that stuff's fun for sure, and there's yeah. plenty of that in riding, like flow, flowy trails. But for me, it's all that natural technical stuff. And yeah, yeah.
0: that's so interesting. Um, I uh, sorry, my phone's ringing, and it goes through the Bluetooth on my oh. recorder. So <laughs> gotcha. Tech issues. <laughs> yeah, I love it because, like, I see what you do as like a DIY spot for a skateboarder, where we find like a, an old abandoned car park and see what's there and like the last skate place we used to skate in, in town called Mavs um there was just an old trolley bay like where they have the rails for it you know so they built a little skate park around that and then that rail is just something we'd skate like a flat rail you know just naturally there in the urban environment but you're doing it in the natural environment
1: yeah exactly yeah.
0: same same yeah so rad yeah. yeah yeah so going back to going back to your early days growing up on the southeast coast uh in a beach town how, how would you describe your childhood
1: Yeah, like, um, my childhood was all about just surfing heaps, riding around on shitty bikes around the streets, you know, going to the caravan parks on school holidays and running amok and then, yeah, just, yeah, it's pretty cruisy and chilled, um, childhood really, just, um, yeah, went to, oh, actually I was in Borley Point, so then I went to school in Ulladulla and, um, yeah, just, it was was a really tight-knit community, um, so, from Menyana to Borley, you sort of knew everyone, like, and, you, you know, you'd all get along, party together, and, yeah.
0: For those of you in other parts of the world, it's probably the most, one of the most beautiful <clears throat> geographic places in the world, I'm going to say, you know? Yeah, it's pretty magic, yeah. Like, it's got, it's got beaches, it's got mountains. Yep. Really nice natural environment. Yeah, yep. So, you went to high school. What, what did you do straight out of high school, straight into plumbing?
1: no funnily enough i did another tr- a trade before i did plumbing i did it um i was a, a spray painter in a smash repair business oh yeah right yeah so i did that for maybe four. F- i think four did the trade for four years and um wasn't for me and um and just you know just by opportunity if uh, a buddy was um or an older buddy was ran a plumbing company and he asked me if I wanted a job and I was just doing a bit of labouring and turned into an apprenticeship. And then, you know, four years later I was a, yeah, tradie and, yeah.
0: Sweet. Yeah. So you tried it out. So what then brought you up to Wollongong, which is maybe, what, two hours north?
1: Yeah, so I I, I left. Um, I was living in Ulladulla and, um, yeah, just, just wanted a taste of something different. Like, you know, I loved growing up there, but it was time to, you know, Spread my wings um, I, I moved to Sydney just for a brief stint You know, f- four years maybe Off and on with a bit of travel in between And um, and from there I I was actually, funnily enough I was working as a plumber And I was doing a lot of work Down in the Wollongong area And I used to drive down I was a slave and I was doing Saturday work And I used to drive down Bulleye Pass quite a bit You know, and if you're driving down there On sunrise You're just like, this place is magic so, um, yeah, from from there I was like this is sort of where I want to be and, and you know, for, for me it's the best of both worlds. You've got that chilled, you know, vibe that, that I grew up with in down South Coast and then there's enough enough going on. You sort of, you know, there's, you know, the air, local areas, there's bars, pubs, all that stuff. So it's got, yeah.
0: So you like how it had a little bit of a buzz as well?
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, I would got used to having all that stuff around and, um, yeah, just this is yeah this is home for me now
0: yeah same has it ch- how have you noticed the change in the place since you've moved here
1: yeah like super positive um in when I moved here there wasn't much happening in the way of nightlife bes- besides some like dodgy nightclubs and which are a heap of fun and I spent plenty of time there but as you get older you sort of got to you know venture out of those shady venues and to try and be more of a bit, bit classier and yeah, the local bar scene and like, um, and then just heaps of stuff like cafes and restaurants, there's heaps going on. Um, fair, fair bit of high rise now and it's sort of turned into a little city, but it's still got its natural grimy Wollongong charm
0: does have a bit of a grimy charm, especially when there's a southerly and it's blowing coal dust all over everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, like, as toxic as, as it is, like, I've grown to love it, you know? Exactly, man. Yeah. Like, I don't know about you. I look at the steelworks sometimes with, like, with like good feelings. Like, you know, it looks like this industrial wasteland, but I look at it with, like, fondness.
1: Yeah, same here, man. You can see it from where you ride up on across to Mount Kembla from Mount Kira. You've got a, a clear view of just. The, the steelworks with the, the heart of the ocean And everything in the background I don't know It's just like sort of feels like home And yeah
0: It's funny And I think too like geographically I can't Like because the mountains are right there Like it really can only grow to a certain extent
1: That's it, yeah you know,
0: Like it can't really expand too much outwards It can only sort of go up or down the coast
1: Yeah, right, that's right What and do you think? Yeah, totally And I, I just love you know, that's probably what drew me here—is just like mountains into the sea. Like, yeah. you know, few places in the world I've been. Maybe like top of Spain. There was some places like that which I, you know, just fell in love with. And then, yeah, this is sort of does the same thing. It's yeah, pretty special. Eh?
0: Have you travelled much in your life?
1: Yeah, I did. Like, I, I, you know, I haven't probably done half enough travel, but I've sort of did a did the Euros thing and a bit of Asia, Bali obviously. <laughs> yep, and. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but there's, oh, NZ, but there's still heaps I'd like to do, but there's probably as much travel as I'd like to do in Oz as I would overseas, you know, you get to that point in your life where you're like, oh, well, I haven't really seen much of Australia. Same, dude. Yeah.
0: Australia's epic.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like, I'd love to do a roadie around Tassie and, yeah. you know, check that out. And
0: Is that... Motivated by mountain bike riding.
1: Yep, correct. Is that
0: is that how all your holidays are now?
1: For sure. Yeah, yeah. How does the
0: missus feel about that?
1: uh she's pretty pretty chill. Like we just and most most places are pretty nice anyway. So yeah, she just accepts that. And a lot of a lot of my trips are just solo or with a buddy anyway, and just smash it out. But um, yeah, we we plan to maybe do a bit together and head around Tassie at some stage.
0: Yeah, that's. I guess it's the same. Like if you're a surfer and you have like you know you want to go to these beautiful tropical locations and so if your non-surfing partner comes along it's like the worst case scenario you're in a beautiful tropical area
1: (laughs) yeah totally and i don't know for me it's balance gives me a bit of balance as well like in in what way in i don't know i've i've just got heaps of energy so you know if i'm not doing something good i'll be doing something bad so, if I'm not mo- riding, like, I'm probably going to have just, like, a bender of a holiday. I was going
0: to say, like, what's bad for you?
1: Uh, just drinking too much? Drinking too much and, you know, when things aren't in moderation. So, but, um, yeah, that's the best thing about it. <laughs> well, you can't moderate? Oh, I struggle. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> you like having a good time?
1: Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. I know, same. Yeah. It's not, it's not a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing. You just got to keep it in check.
0: Yeah. And you've got, like so much like you got like a lot of responsibility you know i've i've got other friends that are business people and they've sort of said to me that when you have your own business or businesses in your case like it's 24 7 is that right like you're living and breathing it yeah definitely um but do you So my question to you is like how do you manage that in terms of stress management
1: yeah like I, i'm getting better as i get older like like most things you do like is that you just... because
0: you're more successful now you don't have to worry as much?
1: I guess that's part of it, but probably the most part is just like figuring yourself out and figuring what makes you stressed and what doesn't make you stressed. And um, for me, I sort of, I've learned like um, the big one is like if you've got a problem, if you just dwell on it and just think of the problem and not the solution, it's just like it, you, do, you just create this big problem in your head. And yes, and then communication and all that, that all sort of ties into that first thing. And um, yeah, and you just try and... And the other one is not to sweat the small things. Like if it's something that's not going to... If it's just a momentary issue and it's not going to be an issue in a few weeks like it's forgotten about, like... Why I dwell on it yeah Yeah,
0: that's so rad you said that man
1: it's I mean it's all good in theory but there's still things that like the smallest thing could set me off but you know I, I try and work at it I think you do that when you get older you just yeah
0: would you say you're more conscious of it now
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 Just trying, trying to trying to be better and trying to be a better boss and a better business person. You just, yeah, it's just a work in progress. Every day, one day at a time? Exactly, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't look too far ahead. do yeah.
0: No, no. See, like, oh, man, people like you bum me out because, like, I can tell you do that. With, whereas, I, I'll be honest, with me, I'm like, stress. I, I think about the future a lot. And I'm like, and I'm actually missing out on the present moment. You know, and I'm not enjoying what I'm actually doing because I'm already thinking about the next thing.
1: Well, oh, I still do plenty of that. But, yeah, it, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I think it's – I just guess, yeah, I don't really – you know, I'm not that guy who does as a five or not even a two-year business plan really. No, I just sort of think 12 months ahead, you know, and you just sort of Cause get that,
0: – That was my one of my questions. I was like, like, what's next? You know, like, are you going to just – Do you have bigger plans for the business or are you just going to stay?
1: Yeah, like, um, interestingly enough, I've got this business, which I may have told you previously, but, yeah, I've got the key supply and key canteen on the market. Um, Yeah, it's just that time where I've just got too much going on. And, um, yeah, this was the original project and, like, it's a saleable business. So the idea is just to um, lighten the load and then... um, put more into the bike stuff which is obviously local cycle co and um huck the world and really push those two and um and actually build bikes no building of bikes no no okay leave Um, that
0: to like the pro pros
1: that's it yeah there's way too much involved in mountain bikes to start building them i mean can you you, can you brand bikes though you could there's just so much research and development they're just like so yeah there's so much to them like it, that would be the dream and you know especially now there's some huge bike shortage so if you could build bikes wow you'd be doing pretty well for yourself but yeah i'll leave that to the pros
0: they're so tech eh?
1: yeah there's heaps involved in it yeah
0: yeah like i guess uh, it's kind of like surfboards times a thousand in terms of how technical they are
1: yeah that's right yeah like, there's so many moving parts and componentry and everything's evolving like so quickly it's pretty um yeah it's pretty interesting sort of thing
0: yeah like and do these companies just spend years in research and development
1: years and years yeah it's it's
0: nuts to get to where they're at
1: yeah yeah and to build you know it's basically like building a rally car yeah all right on two wheels you know it's got to be up for it like just you know the stuff that we throw at these bikes and they just you know eat it up it's pretty pretty eh? mentally what
0: are the what's what are most of the frames made from like what's the general component of them
1: um so yeah Either aluminium um, or carbon. Or carbon, yeah. Yeah, so carbon's sort of the latest and greatest thing. Um, yeah, it's just heaps lighter, and all my bikes are carbon, and that works for me. But yeah, there's a lot of OG brands that just do alloy steel. That's just like that's that's what they swear by. Us, but yeah,
0: yeah. And then like sort of like protect the frame through good suspension. Is that how it all works?
1: That's it. Yeah. So the suspension's there to take the take the hits for you and um and make it a bit more of an enjoyable ride and um for sure too it would take a little bit of the, the stress out of the carbon but um yeah the the way they build the frames is just mental that you know they can build them so strong and yeah just hold up
0: so refined man it's that's so rad it's like a full-on craft in itself eh?
1: it is yeah yeah you can get pretty deep in it and it's yeah
0: i didn't know i didn't know you had the, the place on the market is it and um i just want to talk about the space you're in so you're in a building that was i actually remember before you were in here it was almost like a derelict building
1: yeah fully yeah yeah it's um yeah definitely come to life yeah
0: so did you just see beyond that and go okay we can work with this
1: yeah totally a few reasons like i i like the idea of it just being a bit different and not part of the mall or in the shopping center sort of vibe um and then the other one was just cheap rent um i was like you know it's a good spot to get a foot in the door and um yeah now you know um for me it's just been perfect i wouldn't want to move the business anywhere else it's just got its own little thing going on it's pretty relaxed and um yeah and it's just it's home
0: it is home it feels like it it, feels really homely yeah
1: it does yeah yeah even you know 10 years on and been you know for 10 years i've been coming in here to work and i still enjoy coming in so that's yeah
0: but it just feels like it's maybe time to close that chapter and move on
1: yeah definitely yeah yeah you just get to that point where you where it sort of all becomes a bit of juggling where you're trying to do too much and um you know to, to to move forward with the other projects i just need to pull back on this and that's just yeah is it uh, scary are you scared a little bit yeah actually yeah like uh, i think um you know when i had the idea of um selling up and moving on and um it was sort of that thing where I was, it was excitement and then you get to that next point where it's a bit of nerves and like going okay like i got to make everything work and be you know sufficient self-sufficient with all those other things and yeah that's a bit of a bit yeah. scary
0: but this is like this is the life of an entrepreneur like someone that is brave enough to to try stuff right
1: yeah, yeah that's it yeah like i think i think just like self-belief and like you know i've never been i wouldn't say i'm an overconfident guy probably but um yeah i think just believing in what you do and if if you believe it's gonna happen it happens like yeah sort of yeah
0: such a good message man because like I think I always thinking because I'm a teacher I'm always thinking in terms of like messages I'd like to get to young people you know and and uh, that's why I really like speaking to people like you who have branched out and, and had an idea and believes in it and then turned it into something and I, I want I want young people to know that like they, they don't have to work for somebody else they can create their own thing and um, I think you're just such a good example of it you know
1: yeah no that's totally true like I think it's the crazy thing like when just this the way I break it down is like when you leave school you know I left school when I was 16 finished Mm -hmm. year 10 high school certificate done that and I'm out and at that point I was interested in cars so I became a spray painter and at that age you don't know what you want to do no chance like you know I, I get that some people leave school and start a trade and they're still doing that and they're loving it that's sweet that works for them but for most part people will bounce through a whole bunch of different career paths to find what they love and you know i when i speak to to grommies i'm like what are you you know and i feel like that's the another thing i'm probably putting pressure on them right there going what are you doing when you finish school they their life oh, i don't know like how are you supposed to know at that age and um you know so it's that thing of um i say to say to groms like don't overthink it like just you probably start doing a career. I mean, you might go to uni or do something, but that's not going to, doesn't have to be the rest of your life. Like you can sort of do what you want and you can, you know, I feel like it's that thing where you get to like later in your 20s. Well, that's how it worked for me. And I, you know, I sort of fell into my path and yeah, that's sort of how it happens, I reckon.
0: Yeah, I I just, I love it. I love it. Actually, I wish someone said to me when I was like 15 or 16, like, you know you 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 don't have to work for someone else like it's but i also believe that you do have to try a bunch of shit to work out what you like and what you don't like it's all part of the journey like you can't just sit there idle and go oh i'm gonna make something it's just gonna happen but you know you just got to experiment like you, you try like for you you try to be a spray painter mm, didn't really love it but just did it you know, try to be a plumber. And, and mind you, side note, if you've ever had a major water leak in your house, plumbers become like gods. Hey, you worship the ground they walk on, like, save me.
1: <laughs> yeah, and become expensive.
0: Oh, they're expensive, but it's like, you don't even care how much you have to pay them because just make the water go away.
1: <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and to just to touch on what you just said as well, like, those trades I did, it, like, gave me so much life experience, and it's all part of, yeah, like... Work ethic. Yeah, definitely work ethic and even just like um, you know some business knowledge and that sort of thing and and even you know doing a fit out for a shop like I I was reasonably handy so or reasonably good with my hands so I was able to carry out a lot of the fit out with you know skills I'd learnt through my trade so it's all it's all things that you use in life so it's yeah all right cool. Yeah.
0: so you save some money there
1: for sure yeah yeah big time yes
0: brother yes. Man, I'm sort of standing in this store right now, surrounded by all these like all these cool clothes, and you sort of get like, if I feel like a a kid in a candy store. My question to you is like, aside from your labels, like, what are you looking for when you do pick a brand to sell? Like, what what are you actually looking for?
1: Yeah, there's a few things. Like, um, one of the big ones is, you know, popularity. Like, what's what's popular. It's sort of maybe as well what's what's new and coming through and you know maybe trying like I think in this sort of industry if you're on the pulse and getting that next best brand before the other for the major stores get it and you sort of introduce it that's sort of pretty cool um, yeah no, and and always as well a brand with a bit of substance is is pretty cool like you know some of the brands we sell uh, you know there's some of them or a few are independently owned. And that's nice, just to know that that money's going back into that pocket for someone who's put it all on the line. Yes, and um, yeah, that's sort of that's pretty much how you would pick it out, I reckon.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, like you're going back to what you said about oh, something like you know, picking a brand before it before it pops off. Like, I mean, that, how do you, how do you do that? Like that that's a skill in itself.
1: Yeah, I guess you get.
0: You're looking at fashion, other fashion labels. Are you? What are you doing? Scouring the internet. Oh, I celebrities, t- I don't know, like
1: Yeah, I probably back in the day I was sort of, you know, really getting deep in it and you know, seeing what's seeing what's next. Like, you know, for example, you'd the New Zealand market, you'd say what's you know, what's coming through from New Zealand and you know, like maybe that'll be something new for Australia so we'll try and do that first before everyone gets onto it. Yeah. So I guess that sort of thing and yeah, the heaps of Instagram trawling and that sort of thing, but yeah, nowadays it's just sort of like we've we've got our brand mix and I'll rarely bring on a new brand just because it's just don't have the space and yeah, you just sort of, it just works as it is now. It
0: just works. Yeah, it's so cool. For, I know for me, like, it's always been just, just heavily influenced by, like, my favourite skateboarders, you know, and then sometimes surfers, not so much, but it's always been, like, I'm always looking at pro skaters to see what they're, like, not just how they're skating, but what they're wearing.
1: Oh, dude, I think, I think skate... Is so far on like ahead of everything. They're on you, the you, poles. You really think so? Yeah, totally. Eh? like I feel like a lot of trends come through, and it comes through the skate industry. Like the big one, like the um, the cropped like workwear trousers. Like skaters have been wearing that for years, and then it makes its way through all the other scenes. And yeah, um, so yeah, and and even for me, like the Huck the World project is. I I follow the Passport brand, and I have and you know i'm not a skater i suck at skating i've, I've had a bit of fun with it over the years but yeah, you know, I, I i get a lot of inspiration from what they do right and just their story and you know and that and it, the big one is it's a brand with substance and like they they're just skaters and they've just made this thing yeah
0: yeah like they're not coming from like a multinational corporation they were just you know dudes with an idea and then just made it happen right
1: yeah dudes with an idea and dudes that are clever with branding and Style And they just, yeah.
0: I kind of feel like they've almost created their own genre.
1: Fully. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. They just made this thing. And it's worn by everyone. Like, it's... I I guess it's in a fair few of the big stores now. Oh, is is, it? Yeah. So, they're just... Yeah, it's for... Yeah, it's sort of for everyone, I guess.
0: Yeah, they've fully gone global. And they've just done a collab. What I found really interesting, they just did a shoe collab with Nike.
1: Yeah, I saw that too. Nike, I just it's wild, eh? Hey? That's <sighs> big time, yeah.
0: And I'm just kind of... But, but in this, but for some reason, if anyone else did it, I'd think it was like a sellout. But when they do it, I'm like, yeah, like, that's cool. That's, I don't know why.
1: Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah, I think it's rad.
0: Yeah. Nah, I'm, so, I'm glad you mentioned Password. I love that brand as well. But I am curious about, like yeah like you were saying about skate skaters and fashion i i still can't put my finger on why i look to them and why they seem to influence fashion so much
1: yeah i guess they're just steezy and just yeah mostly just you know you just see them and skaters are just skaters they just (laughs) cruise around and
0: i wonder if it's it's because skaters are in the streets it's like i don't know because most they're in urban environments and most people are really living in urban environments and Maybe that just resonates with people, I don't know. Yeah, I reckon that's yeah. pretty much it, yeah. Because like, I know surf fashion went pretty mainstream, but the reality is, like, I mean, I don't know what percentage of the population actually lives near the beach in the world. Like, not many people do. Y-
1: yeah, you're right there. Like, it's, yeah, surf fashion's worldwide. You you know, you'd go to a, they have surf shops in country towns, like, you know, hundreds of k's from the ocean. So, it's yeah, it is an odd one. <laughs> it is old odd one, yeah.
0: Listen, man, I, oh,
1: I can't believe that rain, down.
0: dude, but it hasn't really affected the audio too much. I've recorded in wet season Bali and dealt with probably much worse. But listen, I ask all guests to come to the podcast with like a cause they want to support or advocate for. So what do you got for us, Muzzy? Yeah, so... He's getting his phone out. It's always a good sign. He's had a think about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, fully. Um, so obviously with all the, um, the floods and everything going on in Australia... Um, you know, the, the guys up at, um, in the Northern, uh, sorry, Northern Rivers sort of area have been smashed with the floods. And so it only makes sense to sort of, um, send something their way. Um, so the charity is give it, so give it, they're all about just getting, getting the funds and the, what's needed to the people that need it. And there's no middleman and no holding of money. It's just, yeah, they make it happen. So I, yeah feel pretty strongly about that so it'd be rad to do something for them
0: dude that is rad that's so good thanks muzzy for bringing that one up it's so timely um and if you scroll down in this episode you'll find a link to give it, and you can click on that and see how you can you know, support it or be of help to that, that cause. It's a great cause. And I guess through the podcast, I'm always looking for ways that uh, I can give people ideas and opportunities to be of service to communities and each other. So thanks, Muzzy, for bringing that one up. No, my pleasure, yeah. Yeah, and also you can find this episode on TerribleHappyTalks.com. Uh, you can also find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, but whatever platform you like to listen on, uh, it always helps if you like leave a review, or I don't know, share it somewhere. It's up to you. But either way, I'm just glad you're listening. So thank you. And um, the next thing, Muzzy, is I got a little present for you. Oh, sweet! Cheers, so man. uh has done a collab with with amazing artist uh, Trait. So uh, and all profits from these t-shirts. Um, uh, being donated to flood relief and, and assistance for people on the north coast of New South Wales. So, big shout-out to uh, Kane Hospital, the artist known as Trait. We're doing a collab, so we're going to give you a T-shirt as well, Muzzy. Cheers, so bro. No, I appreciate it. Stoked. And thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. And it. I guess the next thing I want to ask you, I want to put it to you, like, what would you say to 18-year-old Muzzy?
1: Oh, man. <laughs> Probably... Um, I don't know. Just um, don't be up so, don't be so uptight. Maybe drink a little less. Nah, I don't know, Maybe man. a big drinker when oh, you were 18? You know, played footy and footy. Just, you go to the pub and that sort of thing. But yeah, I don't know what I'd tell myself. Just probably, um, I probably had a, just, you know, a lot of uncertainties of what it, where I was going in life. So probably just relax and let it all happen. And yeah. Did you
0: get anxiety around that though when you were that age? Yeah, for sure. More so, I feel like. What,
1: into my 20s when you start thinking a bit deeper and like you know but at that age you're just living in the moment yeah so yeah um yeah I reckon definitely there was a lot of anxiety and I feel like that's a part of life where you're just too concerned and yeah of what could be or what won't be and that sort of thing
0: yeah but it gets better
1: it does definitely yeah as with age I think it all gets better like you sort of figure yourself out and
0: well i've got got an interesting stat for you because like my last guest uh he is an advocate for suicide prevention and we talked a lot about um men's mental health statistics and and just mental health statistics and epidemiology and they say that as uh, you get older depression rates decrease so as we get older we actually get happier fully I
1: totally yeah. agree yeah i have definitely had some dark days especially through my like late 20s and really yeah yeah fully like just um yeah depressed and you know not knowing where you're going in life and not feeling like you had a purpose and all that sort of stuff so um yeah just to um yeah it's, again like in the last five years you sort of figure yourself out like it's that sort of thing self-medicating as in like you know I'm down I need to go for a ride like I need to keeping your head in check so you found the things definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what works and what what your medicine is, and you just gotta, yeah, yeah, keep medicated.
0: Yeah, but like again, alcohol. It's you've realised in your old age that because I think a lot of us do self medicate with alcohol, and it does work to an extent, but in the long term, it's not a good thing.
1: No good at all, nah, nah. So like, yeah, like the the things I do now to try and stress relief are definitely less of that sort of thing and more about you know activities and stuff that gives you a natural high
0: yeah i guess too like having a hangover and mountain bike riding would suck right
1: it's the worst yeah yeah it's a yeah you can't pair those two up
0: and i was like for me like one day i was so hungover i could barely stand or even Sea Strait and local surf break was absolutely pumping. You know, I won't say the name of it, but it's across the road from where we used to live, but down the beach a bit. Gotcha. Day of the year. And I just, I couldn't even go out, you know, like and the sun was shining, the wind was offshore, surfers in the four to six foot range, just barreling. And I was just like, I just can't go out. No. I And, get I, and I remember going, I'm never going to, I'm never going to let that happen again.
1: Yeah. yeah. Good man. So. Stay strong.
0: Good message, bro. Thanks, man. All right, do you want to end on anything, you? No, man, yeah, I'm it's been pretty good. sweet.
1: Yeah, good to chat, it's man. Be, it's
0: been really quick, like, um, yeah, like it just it just flowed that convo. I love yeah, it. Yeah,
1: man, we chat pretty regularly in here, so it's just like having another convo. Really, <laughs> with a microphone in my face this time.
0: Actually, I was going to say to you because you do this day in day out, and I see, you, you, I, I notice, I, here's a credit to you. Like, you always give everyone a bit of time. I see that. It's, does that get exhausting though? <laughs> yeah
1: like yes and no like I, I love the you social know, yeah. aspect of work and like believe it or not like weekends and you know I, I'm not very social as in I like socializing but I'm also just a bit of a like hobbit hermit just yeah. cruise at home and yeah maybe go for a ride but I don't I don't really f- get out and about much I guess I you do most of that through the day like all your chatting and social stuff and then nights are just for chilling so it's good balance
0: the nights are just for chilling i'm with you all right mr michael muzzy graham everybody you So before we kick off the podcast, I just want to talk about getting your morning kick in Belmont coffee. Belmont is owned by skaters, barbers, tradies, and musicians. They came together with the idea of creating a co-pilot that's next to you on the late night drives, early mornings on the job site, or a midday pick-me-up. Ethically sourced beans in a sustainable can and ready to go when you are. Use the code THT to score a discount at belmont.com. That's Belmont, Belmont, B-E-L-L-M-O-T-T dot com.